Inside a snowflake, like the one on your sleeve, begins a story you must see to be episode 26. Wow, we are here and we are thriving. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, uh, why not leave us a review? If you want more of the show, why not visit our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash potvision for bonus episodes and bonus content. Anyway, listen to me jabbering on. Here's episode 26. Welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every week Tom Lawrence and this man opposite me and myself, Lucas Kirkby, we look at a chapter of those lovely Harry Potter books of all things. This week it's episode 26, we're on book two, chapter nine, the writing on the wall. Mm. Did you like my impression of Sam Smith there, Tom? Never heard that song. It was a Bond theme for Spectre. Oh really? And yeah. is Sam Smith a child? Sam Smith is a child and he wrote the theme for Spectre and he was bragging to everybody saying, hey guys, I wrote this song in a day. Did he? And if you listen to it, you can tell. You can tell he wrote it in a day. Still though, pretty impressive for a boy. Pretty impressive for a boy. For a child. Tom, how are you? Who, me? You, Tom. (laughs) I'm well. Actually, I tell a lie. Oh, I'll tell a lie. Yeah. You know me. Yeah. Strong as an ox, fit as a fiddle. Yeah. Ten feet tall. Ten feet tall, yeah. Unfortunately, in my intense fitness regime, Mm. I've injured my back. Pulled something. When I breathe in lungs to max capacity, I can feel pain. This is what happens when you push your body beyond <laughs> physical limits. It's like gymnasts. They're buggered by the time they're 20, aren't they? I know. You know, weightlifters, they're knackered, aren't they? This is you. I was trying to get to a point where I look exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. in 1985. Yeah. And you're there. I'm there, but at what cost? Yeah. Now I can't breathe. Yeah. Let me breathe. In other news, uh, this oh. is the most intense thing that's happened to me. I was going to try and make an I'll be back pain joke, but it didn't work. Nah, I'll leave nah, it. Nah. <laughs> Carry on. In other news, yeah, I've got to the very last pair of my underpants. I've gone through. <laughs> yeah. I've gone through an entire cycle. Yeah. Of underwear. Yeah. Yeah. They've all, and like I've had to wash them all today because I'm done. Like, and I've got a lot of underwear. What's happened? How has it piled I've up? I've just not done a wash in that long. And I've... I, guess how many pairs of underpants I've got? I reckon... Uh, 12. You're looking at more like 35 or 36 or something. Right, so I'm imagining <laughs> you're wearing at least one pair a day. <laughs> so are you telling me, Tom, that it's been seven weeks, five weeks, between five and seven weeks... Since you've had a, a laundry wash on. Yeah. Is, sure. that, is that interesting? 
That's insane. <laughs> it's interesting in a crazy way, like you'd like you'd watch a murder. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, Thing like... is about me, I have accumulated a lot of yeah. underwear, a lot of comfortable underwear, yeah. and I've kept it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you make of that? How many pairs of underpants have you got? I've probably got. Slightly less than you, but I reckon I've probably got between 20 and 30 pairs of boxer shorts. Sorry, right? If you guessed before in thinking I might have 12 <laughs> pairs of underpants... <laughs> I'm basing this on the fact that you've ran out. Because yeah. for me, it's impossible to run out because you've, I've got so many. Yeah, I've, got, I've worn everything. I've worn... The uncomfortable pairs. I've yeah. worn the pairs where the elastic has gone. Yeah. And like the showing off your buttock. Yeah. I've shown. I thought they were your best pair. <laughs> what I had to do this morning, I wake up, run to my drawer, you know me, <laughs> grab the drawer. Yeah. <laughs> Look inside. Yeah. Cobwebs and moth. Wearing your underpants. I'm like, right, what am I going to do here? Big day ahead of me. Yeah. Look right, look left. I see a pile of paper. Answer and a stapler. I fashioned, my, <laughs> I fashioned myself a pair, yeah. of, a pair of underpants yeah. using these two uh, devices. Oh my goodness! And did the staples were they uncomfortable? <laughs> well, answer me this: Does Lucas Kirkby like a McDonald's? I do. <laughs> yes, yes, they were. Now I've got to tell you about my week. Tell me. Now you know this, but the listeners won't know this. Mm-hmm. But. As you know, the kitchen's been done. We've yeah, got yeah. damp, all this kind of stuff. It's been very stressful and hmm. very hard on myself and my girlfriend Martina's mental health. We've been very, you know, it's been a big stress and a big worry. Mm. So we thought we've always wanted a pet. And so on Thursday, we went to Pets at Home and we bought a hamster. <laughs> I thought that was like a mouse. No, it was a hamster. <laughs> but you that? put a comment on my Instagram post saying Sunshine Daisy's Buttermellow. <laughs> and not the bit with the stupid fat rat yellow. <laughs> she's a hamster and she's called Poppy. I needed to ask you a question, actually. I saw this um, the picture of this hamster in a cage. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh my God, sorry, I forgot. Are you eight years old? Yeah. Why do you have a hamster? Because... Well, we've got lodgers, and they don't like animals, so... So you thought you'd buy an animal? Yeah. Because you don't want the lodgers. <laughs> we bought an animal that could be contained in a cage and kept in the office, so it's not it's not the same as having a dog running around. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to speak on behalf of every single one of our listeners mm. when I say that hamsters, everyone finds them to stink. Poppy doesn't. She's lovely. The smell of urine. I've never smelled any urine from her. And what have you got? Covid. Covid. <laughs> I've either got Covid or a very clean hamster. <laughs> One or the other. What room are you keeping it in? In our office downstairs. Right. So that's the plan. So she's there. But she sleeps mostly during the day and then she's up at night partying. Oh, really? Yeah, growing in confidence. You know, now we're not stroking her yet, but she has taken a bit of cucumber from my hand. So slowly building up. It was years before I got to that stage with you. What a bloody treat it must be to be your lodger. Hey. hey. <laughs> Why? Hey, my landlord, um, well, we don't have a kitchen at the minute, and he's brought some rodents into the house. <laughs> 
She's cute. You've got to admit she's cute. She's got a white body and a black head. I don't have any emotions inside me for animals. Really? Mm. Now, you had a dog, didn't you? Yeah, especially especially rats. Yeah. (laughs) How old was your... Because your dog was very old, wasn't he? Uh, 100? 100, something like that. What was your dog called? Dog. Dog. (laughs) No, come on. What was it called? Why is that, Mark? Because I want to know. It was a dog. Don't why are you being secretive about your childhood pet? What was your dog called? He was a dog called George. George, yeah. that's true. Actually, I remember you saying it. And was George. what? Why would you bring that painful memory up? That I had a dog, and it died. Well, is I... that what you want me to admit on the podcast? That my dog is dead. You're <laughs> sick. <laughs> you have the. You've got the mind of a madman. Why didn't you ask me about my cat that I had? I didn't want to have you crying halfway through the pod. Hey, this is the beginning of the pod. <laughs> I'd be crying. You'd hold it in, and yeah. then halfway through, we'd get to bloody, I don't know, Filch crying about his dead cat. And yeah. then you'd, <laughs> and you'd be going, <gasps> Ploppy! <laughs> First of all, my cat was called Fluffy, not Ploppy. And I love the idea that I have a cat called Ploppy and a hamster called Poppy. <laughs> and every new pet I lose a letter. <laughs> In a few years I'll have a rabbit called Oppy. <laughs> I have a poop. <laughs> Tom, are you ready for... <laughs> this is an Harry Dogged Chapter Rundown. Yeah, yeah, give us that rundown, you <laughs> silly boy. Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall. <laughs> this is Tom's, insane. Tom is literally trying to compose me. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the writing's on the wall, the air is slithering, mm-hmm. beware, the chamber's been opened. Filch comes down and he goes, Oh, you murdered my cat, it was you, Potter. Mm-hmm. All the teachers come and they take Harry, Ron and Hermione and the teachers to Gilderoy Lockhart's office. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore examines Mrs Norris very closely and comes to the conclusion that she is not dead, but she has been petrified. Mm. And, you know, Madame Pomfrey can restore her with the Mandrake draft. Mm. Now, Snape comes in and he still thinks it's very suspicious that Harry, Ron and Hermione were in that corridor, but Dumbledore says... Innocent until proven guilty, Severus. And they are let off. Mm -hmm. Now then, with this message on the wall, everyone's wondering, what is the Chamber of Secrets? And finally, in History of Magic, Hermione puts a hand up. Professor Binns, what is the Chamber of Secrets? Mm. And there's this whole story about the founders of Hogwarts and arguments about what kind of students could come to the school. Mm -hmm. And eventually, Salazar Slytherin left the school, but he left a hidden chamber that is said to hold a monster mm-hmm. that will ravage the non-pure blood magic students when it's reopened. Very, very exciting. And then they finally do a bit of investigating. Mm-hmm. Back at the corridor, they see Moaning Myrtle. Mm-hmm. She moans. <laughs> they come out and uh, Percy tells them off, gets into an argument with Ron, deducts five points from Gryffindor, mm-hmm. and then they think, right, we think it's Malfoy. Mm-hmm. We think Malfoy's the heir of Slytherin, and the only way to find out is to pretend to be his mates and listen to him bragging about it. And that was the writing on the wall. 
What a chapter! What a chapter! Oh, what a chapter! This chapter starts out with Filch demonstrating how Hogwarts staff can say and do just about anything without fear of being lightly disciplined, (laughs) not to mention sacked. Yeah, yeah. Filch runs in to the scene of the crime. Yeah. My cat, my cat, it was you, pointing at Harry Potter. Yeah. I'll kill you. (laughs) That's how the chapter started. A death threat. Mental. Absolutely. Threatening a child with death, and then Dumbledore comes in, no, no, (laughs) boys will be boys. (laughs) It's it's crazy that Filch, because by the time Filch arrives, all the other kids are there. Mm -hmm. So there's a room full of like 100 kids that are on the way back from the Halloween feast. Yeah. The only reason he suspects Harry Potter is because he read his letter about the quick spell course. Yeah. So Filch genuinely thinks that earlier that day, or, you know, a few (laughs) days ago, Harry has read Filch's mail, (laughs) realised he's a squib, and this 12-year-old boy has gone, I'm going to kill his cat. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. He can't do magic. (laughs) Try and revive your cat, Filch. <laughs> How Filch has come to that conclusion is absolutely beyond me. <laughs> what is he thinking? I know. Harry's found his junk mail and he's gone, Oh, junk mail? I'll kill your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. You've been offered a free 10 week course. I'm going to slaughter your pet. What? And it says here that there's a man in Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> who owes you £10 billion. Pound. I'm going to give your mum a dead leg. <laughs> Very weird and unprofessional. Running at a boy saying, you've murdered my cat with no evidence, as you just said. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. Filch, any other school, that is you done. Threatening to murder a student. Yeah. It's like, they just show that in Dumbledore's like school, yeah. anything goes... Like Hagrid last year, running around breeding dragons. They don't yeah. like. They don't care. They know no. oh, it's fine. I can. I can generally do what I want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's almost as if it, it's almost as if it's not a school but a family, mm. and where like everything's forgiven. You know, yeah. stuff can happen, arguments can happen, people can say things, but you know you're forgiven. It's like there should be some kind of consequence for these mm. things. You can't be good. Filch is constantly asking Dumbledore to reinstate corporal punishment to <laughs> yeah. students. He's threatening to kill students. <laughs> Why is he getting away with all this? It's it's he's really I don't know, he's and it's the start of the year, isn't it? Mm. Oh, mm. Are we still the start of the year? Yeah, we're, it's Halloween. Past Halloween. Isn't it? it's, it's Halloween. Yeah, he yeah. shouldn't be that stressed. He's got to a point where he's screaming at a child. If you're treating a child like an equal, yeah. you've lost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah, work yeah, in yeah. a school. If you're like letting a child wind you up that much, yeah. especially a child that's done nothing, yeah. you, you're going down the wrong road. Have you? I don't know. Have you ever seen it where a, 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 an adult is screaming at a child, especially a child that isn't theirs? Yeah. Or like acting childish. I was. Um, I used to be. A, uh, a a delivery man's uh, helper. Yeah, mm. this bloke used to deliver for Wix. Mm. You know the um, what, what is Wix? It's like a is it like a hardware store? Type hardware thing? Like garden store. Yeah, yeah, and he'd like uh, pick things up from Wix, like you know, two tons of sand, and then we'd go <laughs> drop it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And once I was looking out the window of this van, so I'm sat in the van, and I look out the window and there's a man walking along the road. And I was like 16, so I'm just, yeah. I'm more 15, and I'm just staring at this bloke. Yeah. Thinking, you know, sometimes when you're in a vehicle, you forget that people can see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm staring yeah. at this bloke. And this bloke, with all his might, just sticks his tongue out at me and blows a raspberry. <laughs> Brilliant. Just because you were looking at him. <laughs> yeah. I love that story. What I'm loving more is, who's ordering two tonnes of sand? Hello, I'd like a beach, please. <laughs> People renovating their homes. You need sand for cement. No! Fair enough. Yeah. yeah I'm not very good with the old building. You poor devil. Yeah. He Lock. continues, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. He did this. He did this. He knows I'm a squib. Oh, dear, Filch. I think it's about time you took a sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is only looking bad on you. Mm. You think you are outing a 12-year-old boy for the criminal he is, but you are outering, outing yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. as a nut job. Whereas Harry, throughout all of this, is just remaining silent. Yeah. And anyone with like the head on the shoulders would be like... I can tell who the insane person is right now. Yeah, 100%. And it's very unlike me and you to stand up for Harry Potter. It what? is. <laughs> it's very unusual. And, uh, well, wait five minutes and we will be on his back again. But, yeah, in this instance. And mm. all the other kids, especially the naughty ones, mm. should be watching, thinking, oh, Filch is easy to wind up. Yeah. This guy, we just have to, you know, look at his letters. We just have to kill his cat. <laughs> All we have to do, murder his pets, mm. read his letters, and we're going to get him sacked eventually. <laughs> Something is going to get rid of Filch. Yeah. Now they go to Lockhart's office. Lockhart, delighted in the fact mm. that they're going to his office. Mm -hmm. Oh, mine's nearest, Professor. Mm -hmm. Come upstairs. And it's that thing of, even though it's making the situation about him, even though it's nothing to yeah. do with him... When you can tell when he's telling his friends the story, he says, "Oh yeah, it was my office that uh, yeah. Mrs. Norris was taken to," and it's, I think it's funny. You get it a lot of people that do that that they'll retail a story yes. about them. He's like, "Oh, oh, I remember where I was when Diana died. Why would I care where you were when Diana died?" Hey, listen up, listen up. I was in the pub. What? When, when Diana died? Why do I want to know where you were when Diana died? Do you remember where you were when Diana died? I was very young when Diana died, so no. I'd have been uh, three years old when Diana died. I think I was watching television. Um, but let me tell you this. Never even heard of Harrods. You, Lockhart, what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. He is like that thing of trying to take control of a situation that doesn't really concern him. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll be at a party and someone yeah. will spill something. Or someone will be a bit injured and yeah, then someone yeah, yeah. will be like, oh, I must take control! Yeah. Or even like, you know, because they want, even because they're jealous of the person on the uh, edge of death. Yeah, getting the attention. <laughs> oh, make it about me! Honestly, and it's like the people, you know, when somebody dies, like a celebrity, mm -hmm. and then people will tweet, and it'd be like, oh, I remember meeting them at uh, this party, and there'll yeah. be a picture of them with a celebrity. Yeah. They'd be like, you haven't said how, how they were, you know, oh, they were a nice person, they were lovely. You've just <laughs> said you were at the Oscars Ooh, with them. Can I have a bit of attention? <laughs> yeah, if you want a bit. Hey, you're kidding. Or people um, sharing, like, you know, so it'd be Mother's Day or Father's Day. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and they'll do a post on like Facebook. Yeah. Like, um, they'll be like, Happy birthday, Mum. Has your mum got Facebook? No. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, why haven't you done a post about your mum on Mother's Day? Because I rang her. Yeah, I rang her. I gave her a call. I had an eight-hour Skype session with her. By the end of it, we were both exhausted. That is how much I love my mother. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Lockhart acting in this way and Filch acting in that way makes me realise that Dumbledore loves employing eccentrics because surely Dumbledore can see right through Professor Lockhart yeah. Because in a minute he's like, uh, you know, oh, I know what this is. This is the uh, whatever curse. I, I saw this firsthand wherever. Yeah. And Dumbledore doesn't even consider that as an answer. Yeah. He can see so clearly for himself. Yeah. So for him to misjudge uh, what has happened to this cat, Dumbledore must know that this man is full of lies. Do you know what I mean? He 100% knows, and I think he deliberately hires people. Because the the only, even the most boring professor, which we'll come to later, Professor Binns, Mm -hmm. is interesting because he's so boring, and he's a ghost. Dumbledore is treating Hogwarts like his own personal dinner for schmucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every teacher is like, you're not going to believe who I've got for herbology. (laughs) She's the funniest little witch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just getting in, like, you know, in the job interview, you know, somebody in the job interview is a bit miserable. Mm. He turns to McGonagall, we've already got a miserable one. (laughs) That's Snape. We can't have two miserable ones. Oh, there's a dumpy one who likes plants. We can't have two dumpy ones. Imagine when he was having to call, like, the ministry, like, talking about having to hire new staff. Like, see if he has to run it by someone. He goes, I've got, a, I've got someone in line for the new gamekeeper. New what? <laughs> gamekeeper, you know. No, we don't know. Why do you need a gamekeeper? We need someone to, you know, raise game at the school. Can you not just, you know... Buy game in. No! <laughs> no! No, you don't understand this lad. He's 14 and he's half giant. Right, what's that got to do with what you're saying? Like <laughs> He's 14, he's half giant. Look at the size of him. Don't you want him living on school ground? No. <laughs> please, 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 please. He's so funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining the Remus Lupin interview yeah. where, you know, Remus Lupin, he answers all the questions very well. <laughs> he knows a lot about defence against the dark arts, you know. But Dumbledore, no, no, I'm afraid you're just not quite right for the job. Mm. Did I mention I'm a werewolf? You're in! <laughs> <laughs> you have to have something about you. You can't be boring. I'm... I'm... McGonagall, I'm thinking of letting Professor Binns go. Oh, you wouldn't have to, uh, Dumbledore, because um, I don't know if you heard, but Professor Binns has died, and he's now a ghost. He is! (laughs) (laughs) We're we're keeping him on! (laughs) They have to have something about them. Harry Harry Potter, would you like a position at this school? I'm a student. <laughs> exactly. That's your USP. <laughs> You're a student. Yeah. They're there. They, they, Dumbledore lays Mrs. Norris on the mm. table. Yeah. Right, and it says, he's examining Mrs. Norris, the tip of Dumbledore's long, crooked <laughs> nose was barely an inch mm. from Mrs. Norris's fur. <laughs> As every medical examination should be. 
tell you what, when I had my small intestine examined, it was lovely to feel the doctor's nostril hair on my <laughs> midriff. I went into my GP. I said, GP? <laughs> He's called Gary Price. I went to... <laughs> Yes, it's me, Gary Price. I said, uh, GP, I said, I've got a bit of earache. And he's in there snuffling. (laughs) I think it's a build-up of wax. (laughs) Gary Price, GP. I said, thank you, Gary. (laughs) Norman Price. (laughs) They go into Lockhart's office. And um, it's described that all the portraits of Lockhart around the office... Uh, startled yeah. by the visitors because they've all got their hair in rollers. Yeah. And this is written as a bit of a novelty thing, like something to laugh at. Oh, is that funny, is it? A man who, like, you know, a man who grooms himself, a man who takes care of his appearance. Is that something to laugh at? It interested me that a painting has to do that. Because surely a painting is just how they're drawn. I think they like the ritual. Yeah? Do you think so? Yeah, fun. Some things that they like doing. I think a lot of people like painting their nails. They like doing it, you know, and it's very satisfying once they're done. Method of doing it. And I can imagine putting your hair in rollers or something similar when you take them all out and it bounces down. So you reckon they're not actually having to do that to keep them curly? They are doing it for fun. (laughs) Because I was imagining, you know, a painting of a man in a suit... You know, in the middle of the night, he's ironing it. Yeah. <laughs> having it pressed. You know, do they have to keep up these appearances? <laughs> Is the fat lady having a midnight snack? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't just be the lady. <laughs> Draw me some new food. Draw me some new food. They're all in there. McGonagall, Snape, they're all in his office. And yeah. Snape was trying hard not to smile. Mm. Now, is he glad that Filch's cat is dead? Was he getting jealous of the attention that Filch was giving to this cat? And was he mourning for the days when Filch was mending his mangled legs? Maybe that's Is it. that why he's so giddy about it? He's like, finally, maybe you can go back to tending to my calves. Yeah, I reckon Snape must have feigned so many injuries mm. trying to get Filch's attention. Mm-hmm. No, he, he doesn't think about me anymore. He's too busy <laughs> on his quick spell course with his stupid cats. Mopping up the mud. What about the good old days? <laughs> Twelve months ago, when you would be on your knees, <laughs> massaging my broken leg. <laughs> what about those days, Argus? He is a reverse misery. He wants he to be injured so Filch can mend him. He's going to tie himself to a bed and hit his legs with a sledgehammer. He's waiting for a snowy day. He drives past Filch's house and tears himself off the road. (laughs) So he gets injured. Help me, help me, help me. Now, Harry feels sorry for Filch. Filch is in this office wailing and moaning. He slumps himself down in a chair because he thinks his cat is dead. Now, Harry feels so sorry for him, but not as sorry as he feels for himself. (laughs) His selfishness... Knows no bounds. This man, to be, I felt sorry for Filch <laughs> because he is in tears, yeah. thinking that someone has murdered his cat, who mm-hmm. really is his only friend mm-hmm. and companion. And Harry is thinking, oh, bless him. But what about me? What if I get five points deducted from Gryffindor? <laughs> That's all he's thinking about. All he's thinking about. It's insane. It's as if. I don't know, he's popped a, a balloon at a party and given yeah. Filch a heart attack. Yeah. And he's thinking, oh, what if they shout at me for popping that balloon? 
<laughs> what am I going to do with myself? I know. But like, and he's reasoning again. They're going to expel me for this. Did you do it, Harry? No, I didn't kill the cat, but they're going to expel me. Yeah. Why? Why? If you didn't do it, you didn't do it. Yeah. Mm, but what about me? <laughs> he's a little nip. Now, Snape sniffs it out immediately. Yes. Right? He goes... Because he goes, you know, he's like, Harry, you know, he's he's leaving something out here. <laughs> yeah. And he's being a bit cheeky with it. He's right on the money about it. He's like, perhaps, Headmaster, you know, if he's not going to tell mm-hmm. us everything, then we should suspend him from playing on the Quidditch team. Yeah. He's... F- Go on. I, I, I love it. I love that he... Because they imply, don't they, a few times in this book and the last book that Snape might be able to read minds. Oh, yeah. And I, he's almost... He almost leads them down a trap... Of, of like tricking them into sounding mm-hmm. suspicious, yeah. Because he goes, "Oh, what were you doing there?" <laughs> you know, and they, "Oh, but why would you go there without eating? Oh, you wouldn't eat at a death day party, would you?" No, Ron says we weren't hungry. His tummy growls, and Snape's grin grows as wide as I don't know the turkey melt. <laughs> <laughs> and he, yeah, that Snape's suggestion goes out. You know, I believe Potter is not. Telling the mm-hmm. truth. Maybe he should be banned from the Quidditch team. Mm-hmm. And McGonagall, with her weird logic, goes, I'm not banning him from the Quidditch team. He didn't hit Mrs. Norris with a broom. Punishment doesn't have to mirror the crime exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he wasn't hit by a broom. We're not getting rid of him from the Quidditch team. Mrs. Norris was petrified. <laughs> no. We are going to petrify Harry. That's the punishment. We should send Sirius Black to Azkaban. We shouldn't send Sirius Black to Azkaban. We should. In- he didn't encase anyone in a brick tomb surrounded by dementors. That'd be insane for us to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is very, very odd. Now, Harry's concerned. He can't tell them what they were doing there because of the voice in his head. He can't just say, we were chasing down a voice I could hear, could he? Yeah. And you think... Was he right to do that? Was Harry going mad? No. Is he going bad? Maybe. 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 But the thing is, could telling people about the voice in his head make things worse? I argue yes. Yes. Because I come from the school of whenever I've got a problem, I tend not to tell people about it. Because mm-hmm. I think if I can probably contain this on my own, and it'll go away. Because if you tell people about your problems, people's minds run away with themselves, and they put, start putting things together, and they start demonising you. And this exact thing could happen to Harry. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this is the one lie he has ever told, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a bit justified. Yeah. You know. But he always lies. Lying, lying, like the only person he has to tell the truth to <laughs> is Dobby. Is Dobby. Dobby. I can't lie to you, Dobby. He looked around the room. Is Dobby here? <laughs> nope. It's going to be a lie. <laughs> I've not heard it. I've not heard any voices, sorry. Oh, wait. Hiya, Dobby. All right, Dobby's here. I have been hearing voices. Yeah. I can't Harry, lie. Harry, have you been hearing voices? Is Dobby here? No. Then no. <laughs> then no, Dumbledore. Now, um, <laughs> just the police getting wind of this. And, uh, right, Harry, we've got him in the interrogation room. Bring in Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> now... Severus Snape is pushing Dumbledore to punish Harry. Yeah. 
And Dumbledore puts his foot down and he says, Innocent until proven guilty. Which is, uh, you can't have that as a universal phrase. That is a muggle phrase. Yes. So, and I think that might even be an American phrase. Is it? Uh, probably. Yeah. Why not? Why from not? telly, isn't it? We've yeah. all heard it from telly. And it got me <laughs> thinking, has Dumbledore been watching Law and Order? Definitely. <laughs> I can imagine him sitting with his feet up watching like CSI Miami or something like that. <laughs> He's got to be into those crime shows because he gets all these crazy ideas. He loves the drama of it, doesn't yeah. he? You know, and I think he loves those twists and turns of American TV. No, Harry, Ron, Hermione, please leave. Case closed. <laughs> mm. Very, very good. But Filch volunteers. He was like, "It's him. It's him. It's him." I know it was him. He did this because he knows I'm a squib. Um, the way they talk about squibs in this chapter yeah. makes you realise the level of, like, I don't know, paranoia that um, Filch must have about it. Yes. Or, like, the, what do you call it, the um, um, the insecurities. Yeah. Because even Ron Weasley, when he found out that he's yeah. a squib, started yeah. smiling as if it's something to be laughed at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And Ron comes from arguably one of the nicest, like, wisdom yeah. families, yet he's laughing at something like that. Well, it's very interesting because um, Ron, who a couple of chapters ago were like, a mudblood is the worst name you could ever call somebody. Yeah. It's, called, it's for someone who's got muggle-born parents. Yeah. And, you know, every wizard has got some kind of muggle thing in them. You know, it's fine, it's great. You think, oh, great, great, you know, thing yeah. to have, Ron. Now, it's like... <laughs> Yeah. Filch, he's got wizard parents, he's a muggle. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but it's funny because it's Filch. I know. It's very odd because it, it almost feels like the same kind of prejudice. It's another note on, like, you know, on the, I don't know, the, it's another notch on the headboard of Ron being an arse. <laughs> yes. Isn't it? Like, it's like, yeah, an- another thing you've said, another thing you've said. Now, Harry bumps into Justin Filch. Finch Fletchley. Finch Fletchley, yeah. Bumps into Justin Finch Fletchley. Yeah. And uh, before he can say hello, yeah. Finch Fletchley turns around and runs away. Yeah. Would you be friends with Justin Finch Fletchley? No, I don't think so. He seems a bit hoity-toity for me. Mm. He's like an Etonian schoolboy, isn't yeah. he? And he's, he's, he, he seems a bit intense as well to me. He was very full-on. Mm. Very... He's in the same year as Harry. He's in the same year as Harry because they shared herbology together, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Where he's like, oh, hi, I'm Justin Finch Fletchley. And mother found out I was a witch, I was going to eat, and but blah, 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 blah. And yeah, he just seems a bit like, a bit too much for me, Justin Finch Fletchley. I wouldn't give him a bloody second of my attention. No. Why no. not? Don't deserve it. He's not earned it. He's rude. And if he's going to believe a rumour about someone that he was talking to joyfully, yeah. not like days ago, yeah. then it doesn't deserve, you know, time of day. We don't want these fair weather friends. We do not. And that's you, Justin Finch Fletchley. You need to... Look, innocent until proven guilty. It's Dumbledore's motto, guys. Remember that boy who plays him in the film? Yes. Because he's only briefly in it in the film when he um, the when the snake sat him. Yeah. What are you doing that for? Whatever he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah crazy. But yeah, he seems to have quite an in, a big role in the book. Mm. Justin Finch Fletchley. 
But it's very interesting that people are assuming that Harry is the heir of Slytherin. Mm, immediately. Yeah. Which not, is... not Malfoy, because Malfoy at the scene of the crime was shouting, you'll be next, Mudbloods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be, I would be like Harry and Hermione going, yeah, I think it's him, the guy who's threatening death on Mudbloods yeah. at the scene of the crime. <laughs> Because Harry is obviously he was there, and... but, but every other Hogwarts student is like, "No, that's too obvious." Who looks sad? <laughs> Harry Potter. I think it might be Harry, but it's a bit of a crazy twist because obviously Harry is the one who kind of made Voldemort go away and stuff. Yeah, and I think it's mad to think that the heir of Slytherin would be an enemy of Voldemort's. That's what I was saying the other week, though. The Hogwarts students are so like. Like, they flip back and forth constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we like Harry? Do we hate him? It's because Harry, like, secludes himself with two friends. Yes. He doesn't spend his time with anyone else, so no one knows actually what he's like. Yeah. And at the end of the year, they're just like, actually, guys, we know Harry's been up to no good. We've all seen him. But this year, he's turned it all around. Hey! And he's defeated Voldemort once again. <laughs> There does seem to be this, like, U-shaped graph where at the beginning of the year it's like, way <laughs> Harry! And then suddenly, oh, he's done this. What's happened here? What's happened here? And then back until the end of the day! He saved the day! Yeah. Now, they're all... Basically, it's wild, I think, that Professor Binns measures homework. I like that. It was a, it's, it's an insane idea, but I do like these little quirky, eccentric bits of magic. Yeah. And the idea that homework should be you know, three feet long, mm. I think he's lovely. It's one of those, because, you know, sometimes you might get a homework, it's like, right, I want two sides of A4 paper on this. Mm. But that's the same as saying, I don't know, it'd be three feet. So I think that, yeah, I like that. Fair enough. Now, they're in Bins's History of Magic lesson. Yes. And they trick, Hermione does, she tricks Bins into telling the class about the Chamber of Secrets. Yes. She uses logic. Yes. Doesn't she? Got me thinking... Uh, have you ever uh, do you remember when teachers would go off on tangents oh yeah and like you know they'd start talking about something other lesson and that's when it became exciting well this is this is how kids trick me do they because I get carried away in an idea please tell us about the Potter Vision podcast sir of course children <laughs> but it'll be it'll be things like you know like because during lockdown this latest lockdown a lot of mm. the duties we had were like uh, sitting in the room with the kids mm-hmm. while they're on their online lessons with the teachers the kids of the key workers right? yeah yeah and a lot of it was like come on get back to work turn that game off blah 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 and if they were playing games or if they were talking I'd be like right come on I'd be strict but as soon as they turned around and they'd be like What's bigger, an elephant or a lion? Well, well, I think it might be an elephant, but but what about a big lion? Oh, I don't know. I get, like, drawn into these conversations. With questions like that, I think... <laughs> I think you must have a head teacher like Dumbledore at your school. <laughs> I'm the weird mentor. I've got this easily distracted mentor. You can ask him anything and he'll consider it. <laughs> but, yeah, just get drawn into these conversations. Mm. I think it is, like... Because I think teachers... If you're obviously if you're messing about, they'll shout at you. But I think mm. if you just pretend to be interested in them, I think they will like get distracted from the work by talk, telling their own stories. Yeah, I think anyone would really. I think you could probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you got someone with a question, if like a police officer was arresting you, yeah, and then you, <laughs> you know, you you give them some like some like I don't know, you manage to pick something up about them, yeah, that could distract them from it all. I think you could get away with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like on your way to the police station, you're in the back of the cab. 
<laughs> with your handcuffs on. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, so, what's the weirdest crime you've ever seen? <laughs> well, let me tell you about this. Exactly. Yeah. The guy with the sheep up his bum. Bloody hell. Filch. Go on. Go on. Is scraping the walls off, right? Mm. And I think I misunderstood what this stuff was he was using. Mrs. Scour's all-purpose magical mess remover. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, it's blood. <laughs> blood is not a magical mess. He just needs normal mess remover. But then I think the idea was that the actual remover is magic. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, in my head, it was like, hey, it gets rid of magical mess. <laughs> Unicorn blood, <laughs> dragon scorch marks. Oh, but, right. it's, but it's not that... It's not that magical if it can't clear up blood. Do you know what could clear up blood? Bleach. Water. Water. <laughs> yeah, because it's only stone slabs. It's not like it's seeped into a carpet. Use the magic filch. Quick, take the spello tape. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what filch does, though, you know, because, like, mm. obviously he's a squib and he has no access to magic. Maybe that's his way of getting close to the magical world. Yeah. Magical items. Yeah. tape. Mrs. Scowers' remover. One of those clocks that's got the Weasley's faces on it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are Fred and George? They're at two o'clock. <laughs> Slytherin. Yes. Uh, Selfazar. Slytherin. Yeah. Disliked wizards of muggle parentage. That's true. Professor Binns tells us. Yeah. Right? Uh, deeming them to be untrustworthy. Yeah. True, I'd say. Harry comes from a lineage of having, um, like, his, uh, his, his grandparents are muggles, aren't they? Yes. And would you not argue that Harry's the biggest liar in Hogwarts? That is true. <laughs> and I, th- I think it's interesting, this, because it is based... The, the trust isn't just based on propaganda or whatever, because at that time that they're talking about, mm-hmm. muggles were burning witches yeah. and wizards were being killed and dunked into lakes and all this kind of stuff. So it's all it's kind of understandable because having a muggle-born wizard is a connection to the muggle world. Mm. You know, if, if you... You know, my dad's a, a muggle. Mum's a witch. Um... <laughs> You'd be worried because you think, well, what about that family? Are they going to yeah. ever rat them out? To... You ne- your extended family, you can never trust them. No. Like, they could flip at any point. Yeah. There's been so many cases of people falling out with their families. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when money comes involved. Definitely. Imagine how jealous they're going to be when magic is involved. A hundred percent. And I, I think... I don't think it's fair for Salazar Slytherin to say, right, we're not having any children of Muggle parents. But I think it is a genuine concern that the school could should use to safeguard the children. Of mm. Like, how are we going to keep these kids safe? Especially when you've got that, uh, what's he called, the blonde lad? Colin Creevy running round. Yeah. Taking photos to send yeah. to a milkman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his dad's Muggle, isn't he? Milkmen who are famous... For sleeping with every woman that they deliver milk to. Yeah. Some, you know, during one of those, you know, passionate mornings of intercourse, <laughs> one of those photos is going to slip out of his back pocket. And that, you know, horny wife yeah. is going to pick it up and go, what's this moving photo? <laughs> what's this? Or even, imagine like he's delivering some milk, he's knocking on the door... Milk! Mm. And then someone's like... Uh, Did yeah. you say milf? <laughs> no, someone's like, <laughs> like... Milk! And the housewife is like, yeah, just leave it on the doorstep. Mm. I said milk! 
open the door. And she opens the door. She's like, what? And he goes, are you not going to invite me in? And she's like, why would I? And he thinks, oh, got to think of something to impress her. My son is a magician. What? Wizard. <laughs> My son's oh, right, a wizard. Said. Will you sleep with me? No. Well, what do you know what I mean? I've got a son. You've got a husband. <laughs> this could work. <laughs> Let me in. You know what milkmen are like. <laughs> yeah. I love that lovely milk. Love that lovely milk. What was that. your most boring lesson at school? Speaking of history and magic. Um, mm, what did not excite me? Um, I don't know, because the thing is about school. Yeah. There's kids around you and you can always just have a chat while yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. work. Just mm-hmm. Nothing ever that boring. Um, For me, it was either geography or religious studies. Oh, used yeah. I found very, very boring. And I don't know if it was because of the teachers, um, but it was very dull. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't interested about the planet. No, no. I remember doing a module on Italy that I had no desire to learn about. Uh-huh. And religious studies. I think I would find religious studies more interesting now. But mm-hmm. I think at the time, it was just like, I don't mm. need to know about this. I think I was always... The only the only time I had any negative feelings toward a lesson would be if it was like a teacher that you, I didn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I don't know. I think there was there was, I like you know what was that one you ran about last week Oh, a few weeks ago? Uh, we call it design technology. Yours was like construction or CDT. something. CDT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Construction design and technology. Our design technology. Uh, yeah. I think we had like three different teachers for it, and you'd all be right. like, "Oh, that one's all right," but the other two are a nightmare. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's yeah. a seating plan, face to the wall. Because I remember that, yeah. You know, when you're picking your GCSE options, mm-hmm. you might be like, oh, yeah, I do French. I like doing French. I might take it for GCSE. Don't take it for GCSE. GCSE isn't taught by Madame Jones. <laughs> yeah. GCSE is taught by Madame Bouvier. And you think, oh, <laughs> no, I hate Madame Bouvier. I'm not doing it with Madame Bouvier. But French is my biggest passion. Curse you, Madame Bouvier! <laughs> and curse you, headmaster! <laughs> but it was true, like, and it's the same with kids at my school. They're like, oh, I'm not doing that. It's being taught by that person. Yeah. And I think it is true that the, the teacher at school has such an influence on whether you like the subject or not. Mm-hmm. So many people, because I do maths, but whenever people talk about maths, they go, oh, hate maths. My teacher was awful at school. Yeah, It's always the teacher that makes it Mm. you know, likeable or unlikable. I know, exactly. That's the thing about... Yeah, I never had fond memories of maths, but then English and stuff, I always yeah. liked the teachers. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a favourite teacher at school? Um... Uh, no. 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 Fair enough. Did you? I had, I had a lot that I liked. I really liked our English teacher. She was called Olwen Williams. And oh, yeah. she was she was Welsh, but she was She sounds like the most beautiful woman on, in the world. Um <laughs> she was nice. She, <laughs> she um yeah, I guess you can't judge a woman by her name. <laughs> Well, she was Welsh, but she moved to London when she was three. So it was very odd, because when she spoke Welsh, she had a Welsh accent. Yeah. When she spoke English, she had a Cockney accent. Oh, how Which was very, unusual. very odd. But, uh, yeah, she used to regale stories about when she lived in London. And, uh, you know, she was very, very lovely. Well, that's a bit like you. You see, when you, you speak English, a lot of people don't know that you're Welsh, you know. I've yes. Had, I've had people say to me, I thought Lucas was like Mank. 
No. Yeah, but then you do those things. Like, so if I have to say a Welsh word, yeah, I'll probably say it in a like a an English accent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mispronounce it. Yeah. But then when you say a Welsh word, you'll go full hog, won't you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm like that with any language, I think. I am like that with Spain. I tone yeah. it down in Subway. Yeah. If you go in Subway, and then you're asking for your toppings, aren't you? Yeah. And what I want to say is, uh, can I get some jalapenos? Yeah, uh, yeah. But instead I'll go, can I get some... I meet them halfway. I don't go jalapenos. So yeah. I can have some jalapenos. Yeah. That's fair. And with me, I go, hello, I'll have the uh, turkey and ham, six mm. inches, and I'll have cheese. Because <laughs> I pronounce it in the Welsh way. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they say cheese. No, no. Cheese in Welsh is cows. Which is like saying cows, but you got to be a bit harder with it. Cows. It's cows. cows. What do they call milk? Milk. Well, it depends where you come from. If you're from North Wales, it is Llefrith. Yeah. If you're from South Wales, it's Llaith. The Welsh language is slightly different in the North and South. A bit like UK English and American English. I'm... I'm... Look, you're looking at me, right? Yeah. I'm a South Welsh man. Yeah. Yeah. I run a dairy shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You come in from North Wales, yeah. and you say, can I get some... Llefrith. Yeah. Am I going to be like, huh? Or am I going to go, oh, you bloody northerners. I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, you're going to know. Or is he just going to go, thank you for speaking my yeah. language. <laughs> I think so. Which one is he going to be like? It would be exactly like me being American, coming to you and going, hey, you want to go up the elevator? I'd say, I don't know you. Why yeah. would we do this together? <laughs> um, please let me finish my meal with my family. My daughter is crying. <laughs> oh, doesn't she want the candy I'm offering her? Please put that gun down. Hey, I just want to put her in the trunk. <laughs> terrible, 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 terrible. Filch is keeping guard at the area where his cat was petrified. Yes. Filch don't need to keep guard. What Filch needs is a good sacking. Yeah. Or, like we said, you know, a few weeks ago, a CCTV system. Yeah. We mentioned this a few weeks ago. He didn't take us up on our offer. He'd know. They'd know. Mm. This is annoying me. Mm. Imagine the trouble that would have been avoided had CCTV caught the basilisk <laughs> coming out of the bathroom and going back down the Chamber of Secrets mm. through the pipes. Mm. Imagine the drama that we wouldn't have had to read about. Mm. The plot points we wouldn't have to have revealed. Mm. It'd be a bad book. It would be a bad It'd book. It'd be a bad, 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 bad book. Let me tell you something. Oh, yeah. In the UK, there is uh, a division about, you know, what you call, you know, a bread roll, a bun. Oh, a, yeah. A, a cob. A sandwich. Bap, a snapper. A chob. A dumbo. <laughs> A, uh, you know, a buttock yeah. made of bread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had it before. <laughs> a buttock made of bread. <laughs> I've had it before yeah. where I've gone to someone, you know, I've gone to make an order mm. in Manchester and mm. I've said, can I get a uh, bacon roll or something? Yeah. Or, or I don't, because I say any of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And the person who was like a, a Salford born and bred yeah. was like, a what? You know, because yeah. they wanted to hear their word. They knew what I was saying. Yeah. But they, people thrive on, you know, like there'll be a Facebook post every now and then. What do you call this? And people will 
waste their time yeah. arguing with strangers Ugh. about what to call a bread butter. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, isn't it? You know, that guy, he's Salford born and bread. He calls it Salford born and bap. I call it Salford born and cob. We don't know what we're talking about. It's all, it's all gone to pots. I want to tell you something as well. Please do. This I've story. Been dying to it from you. <laughs> this story about Slytherin. He, he, they have an argument. He leaves the school. Mm. And he leaves the school essentially because he's a bit racist. He doesn't like mixed blood families mm. being there. Mm. But hey, mm. we've kept the house. Yeah. <laughs> They haven't thought, oh, blooming heck, we don't want, you know, we, yeah. we don't want him part of this. We'll just have three houses. Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. For a thousand years, we got rid of that racist, horrible man. <laughs> and a quarter of you children have the same personal qualities. I know. Um, I don't know. What was he called? What's a Gryffindor one called? Godric. Godric, do you not think that, like, concentrating these type of people in a house together will only make them worse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it anyway. What do you think, Rowena? Uh... <laughs> I'll just add me diadem. Dum, 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 dum. Now they see a trail of spiders escaping the castle, yes. sliding down a thread outside. Yeah. And they start looking, like, hey, look at this, look at yeah. this. Have you ever seen spiders act in such a strange way? Mm-hmm. Ron's freaking out. He's like, whoa, not for me. Yeah. Hermione's like, well, you're not afraid of spiders. And he's like, I don't mind dead ones. And he starts regaling a tale. Oh, yeah. Of when he was a boy and he accidentally broke. George... He broke George's toy broom, toy broom, toy broomstick. Yeah, George, uh, George turned uh, Ron's uh, teddy bear into yeah. a spider. Yeah, yeah, a teddy bear turned into spider in your arms. Yeah, yeah, traumatic. Very traumatic. Hermione's laughing. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> "You idiot! You're opening up to me about your fears and your emotions, yeah. and I, all I can do is grin." <laughs> Well, it's crazy because Hermione, for the past year and a half, has been crying out mm. for Ron to be serious, mm. for Ron to have a, <laughs> a, you know, an intelligent conversation with her. And here he is opening up about childhood trauma. <laughs> and all she can do is guffaw in his face. I think everybody's mad in this chapter. She's mad. Ron's mad. What, talking about the houses before, Ron says, I wouldn't be in Slytherin if you paid me. Mm. And again, we see this family trait of not taking advantage <laughs> of money-making opportunities. <laughs> so Ron's saying that if someone offered him money, mm. he wouldn't take it to be in Slytherin purely because of the reputation. What a dumb idiot. What a dumb idiot. Someone's the, offering him ten knuts a term. They roll into uh, Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Whoa! Moaning Myrtle says, listen to me, moan. She moans, they listen. They say, Myrtle, do you know anything about this? She yeah. gets upset. She's, Moaning Myrtle yeah. is in a living hell. She's yeah. a child, and she's a child. Yes. And it's like, there's no, no ghost even looking after her. Yeah. She's perpetually in this mental state of being upset. Yes. And not to mention she's got bol- poltergeist, like, yeah. picking on her. Mm-hmm. Good lord! And it seems no one's got any sympathy for her whatsoever. It's horrendous, isn't it? Because you almost think that you know just one kind act would send her to heaven. Mm. <laughs> but everyone is awkward around her. Everyone is like sarcastic, 
you know, treading on eggshells. Mm. I don't know. But she's, but the other hand is she seems to be just looking for things to upset her. Mm. Because she can't even hear people whispering without going, Oh, why is everyone talking behind my back? <laughs> we're not, we're just whispering, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> it's a funny way to be, and you can really stir up some drama doing that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk over to people, go, talking about me, were you? And they'll be like, no, no. And yes, you were. And then that, threatening someone like that will make them scared. Yeah, and make <laughs> them talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get people talking about me. Accuse people of talking, talking about, about you, you, and they'll start talking about you. Yeah, You walk Anybody. away, dusting your hands. Hey, if you're listening and you feel like you're not being talked about enough, <laughs> accuse people of doing it. They'll soon be doing it. Accuse people of talking about you. That's our message for this week. Call up all the tabloids and go, I'd like to lodge a complaint. You need to stop talking about me. They'll run a front page story about you. <laughs> you will love it, honestly. I can see it today, you know, head of <laughs> Sun newspaper. KCJ <laughs> lodging false complaints. I'll be picking up a copy. I am as well. I'm paying that with the 50p. Now, Percy arrives, yeah. sees them coming out of the bathroom, yeah. and he you know, immediately off. kicks yeah. off, becomes authoritarian, yeah. has an argument with Ron, yeah. and deducts five points from mm-hmm. Gryffindor. Mad. How does he have that authority? Can he award points? Yeah. <laughs> you know, five minutes before the final ceremony. 200 points to Gryffindor! What? <laughs> the Hufflepuff boy gets up. 300 <laughs> points for Hufflepuff! The Slytherin yeah. lad gets up. 500 points for Slytherin! <laughs> but do they have to go back and report back and go, right, look, the points you give, we're going to give you this, you know, this authority to be able to award or deduct points, but you have to justify them. Yeah, so it's like they're giving naught. For every five they give, they have to take five away. Yeah. <laughs> Him coming back to, like, uh, Professor McGonagall, look, I've deducted five points. What were they doing? Stood outside the toilet. Right, give them back. <laughs> give those points back. Put that sand back in the hourglass. Right, right, Ron, five points deducted. And then he's like, right, I've got to give them to someone else on the way back. Hey, Dean, nice hair. <laughs> Yeah, Five that's points. Nice. That's brilliant. <laughs> he doesn't have that privilege at all. He's just giving and deducting the exact same amount of points, yeah. being neutral. <laughs> Starting the day giving someone points. Hey, fantastic shiny shoes. Ten points to Gryffindor. I'm thinking, right, who am I going to take them off today? You just wait to see who pisses me off this afternoon. <laughs> Percy's crazy. He's coming out and he's like... Because he's annoyed at Ron coming out of the girls' toilets. Oh. And he's like, what would people say? What would people say? People would be like, Ron Weasley's cool. Yeah. That's cool to hang around the girls' toilets. If you're hanging around the girls' toilets, <laughs> you've got charisma. You, you don't cool care guy. what people think. People are like, wow, that's, that's, you know, that's wild. Hey, heard about that cool guy, Ron? He was hanging around the girls' toilets. What? Last Halloween to get rid of a troll? No, no, no. This year too. He's talking to ghosts now. He's always around the girls' toilets. Every year, Ron goes into the girls' toilets at least once. Hey, this year it's going to be two or three times. You wait and see. He'll be back in that girls' lavatory very, very soon. He loves it in there. People walking past Ron in the corridor, like giving him a thumbs up. The hey. other Gryffindor, like um, the Gryffindor prefect, is giving him five points. <laughs> hey, if that silhouette on the door does not have a skirt, mm. he's not going in. <laughs> 
Now they all start pondering. Yeah. Rubbing their chins. Yeah. Scratching their heads. Who's the heir of Slytherin? Mm. They'll come to the conclusion. Draco Malfoy. He's got to be, hasn't he? He's got to be. Look at the evidence. He's rude. He's rude. <laughs> He's mean. These people come hair. up with all sorts of conclusions. You yeah. get carried away, don't you, when you suspect somebody of something. Yeah. Like, I have a suspicion that you are part of the magic circle. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. You make things disappear. Yeah. You saw women in half. Yeah. You never tell anybody <laughs> how a magic trick was done. Are you part of the magic circle? I'll never tell. It is. It's got to be. <laughs> got to be. See, I'm even more convinced now. No, but, like, you could go from, like, you know, uh, anything, just because yeah. you're not seeing something. Yeah. You know, you're just going from clues. Like, if I could say to you, I think you only exist when I'm seeing you. You only exist when I'm witnessing your presence. Yeah. When you drive away, you don't exist anymore. <laughs> and you know what? I'm right in my head because, yeah. I don't know. You'd never be proved wrong. Yeah. You only exist <laughs> when either I see you or someone mentions you <laughs> or I see a picture of you. <laughs> Apart from that, you do not exist. I don't believe in you, co-host. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is a podcast you on your own. Now, you said earlier you went, um, that Hermione's losing her mind. Yeah. And I began to think she's beginning, she's been spending too much time with Ron and Harry. Yes. Right? Because just like they did with stealing the car, she's coming to crazy solutions to yes. small problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they said, how can we find out if Draco Malfoy is the heir of Slytherin? Yeah. We must go into the common room of the Slytherins and ask him... And Hermione says, we can use the Polyjuice Potion. It changes your appearance completely. Yeah. Just ask him. <laughs> Just ask Just him. Just ask him. He'd let it slip. He'd let, he'd, if he was the heir of Slytherin, he's going to go red-faced and deny it. Yeah. If he's not the heir of Slytherin, he's going to go, yeah, I am. Maybe I am. What's it to you? He's going to have that confidence about him. Yeah. Point in his face and go, are you the heir of Slytherin? Like you did with that woman who crashed, <laughs> crashed into your car. Like I did with that woman, like Dumbledore does in Goblet of Fire. Did you put your name yeah, in the no. Goblet of Fire? Are you the heir of Slytherin? <laughs> now, something that made me laugh is she said, look, oh, yeah. I found out about the Polyjuice Potion. Snape was talking about it. It's in one of his books. Right. Mm. One of Snape's potion textbooks is called... What's it called? Mosty Potente Potions. Mm. Really? Mosty Potente Potions. Most potent potions. Yeah, what are his other books? Besty Strongy Potions. Best Strong Potions. Exactly. Potion-o's very good-o's. Are you saying this isn't actual Latin? I'm guessing it's not actually Latin. <laughs> Mosty potency potions. Now, are these um, self-published uh, potion books by Snape or what? I reckon so. Yeah. I reckon his first draft was his Half-Blood Prince's Diary book thing. Yeah. And he's gone into publishing. <laughs> Snape publishers, only potions books. He's got Mosty potency potions, Besty strongy potions. Imagine going to the publishers with um, you know, his ideas for all his like, potions and stuff that yeah. he's come up with. And uh, he's in there. And, uh, oh, here's one I think you're going to like. Septum Semti. <laughs> They're like, ooh, sounds good. What's that? Makes a child ride round on the floor and all their blood escapes their body. And you want this for a kid's textbook? Yeah. Yeah. 
The door's there, Snape. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, I've got a new idea for a book. It's perfect for 11 to 16-year-olds. What's it got in it? Poisons? <laughs> Things that will make you tell the truth? Torture devices? What do you think? Wait, you haven't heard about the ingredients yet. Dead animal parts. Dead human parts. Bodily fluids. All have to be in jars. I'll await your call. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> got another one for you. Go on, <laughs> over you got? So it's a book, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We carve out uh, the pages into the shape of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and we keep a gun inside the book. Yeah. What do you think about that? We'll call you. <laughs> we'll call you, Severus. Thank you for coming in. Fair dues, fair dues. <laughs> mm. But yeah, very, very good. And yeah, so they decide to go ahead with this plan, but they need this book, Most Depotenti Potions, mm. and they decide to go in the restricted section. Uh-oh. But we can't go in the restricted section Mm-mm. because we need a letter of permission Mm-mm. from a teacher. Mm. No mention of the invisibility cloak this year. Mm-mm. What's the... Do you think the mind's changed on that because it was a bit dramatic last time, nearly getting caught by Filch? Why are they not going for that this time? Hmm... I think they think the reader is bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So they, they have to convince a teacher, and they're implying, oh, you know, they have to be really stupid. I think they're implying it would be Gilderoy yeah. that would give them this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Does Hagrid not have that authority to, to give them a note to let them go into the library? Well, he's not a teacher, is he? No. Member of staff. He, um, <laughs> the man who uh, raises the chickens said I can go in the library. Did that he? means nothing to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not going to wash with Madame Pince, that is it. Do you know? That was like at my school. Uh, oh, the uh, the ice cream man said I can, you know, I can have a toilet pass whenever I want. Well, he's the ice cream man, isn't he? He's not. It's not, <laughs> not your idiot. Who is that? <laughs> we had an ice cream man at our school. Came every day. You're joking? No. I thought you were making that up. No, we had an ice cream man. Yeah, came every day. It, like the school ice cream man. A man drove into the playground in an ice cream van. And sold ice cream and sweets to all the kids. High school? High school. That is insane. That could only happen in Blackpool. (laughs) (laughs) I've got nothing to do during the day. I'm going to go into the schools, sell sweets to children. Do they let you? Yeah. It's crazy. I'm so popular. Wasn't as popular as the rock man. Who's the... No. <laughs> You're Rock, pulling me leg. Rockman didn't exist, but uh, Ice Cream Man did exist. How amazing. So every time you heard mm. Sailor's Hornpipe mm. done on the xylophone, you all rushed out of the playground. Mouths gaping open, ready Fantastic. to uh, accept the ice cream. Could he serve everyone in time? I imagine you had to queue up. Our lunch, yeah. Fair dues, fair dues. Not everyone got ice cream. No. Occasional treat, you know, every now and then. Fantastic. Why not? What a lovely story. I've got an interesting thing. Once, I was queuing up. Yeah. Nervous. Year seven, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm queuing up for the ice cream. I yeah. want to say, I want a 99 flake with nuts and sauce. 99 flakes with nuts and sauce. 99 flake with nuts and sauce. I'm saying it in my head. Yeah. Because I'm terrified. I just want to get it right. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say it succinctly, you know. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you get nervous sometimes. And he goes, yes, please. And I go, mushy peas with chips and gravy. You didn't. I did. <laughs> You? Yeah. Wow. What did he say? He went, what? I went, 99 with a... Uh, uh, nuts uh, and sauce. Yeah, nuts and sauce. And he was like, right. 
mush your peas with chips and gravy. It's because it's the same rhythm, I reckon. <laughs> and you'd spent too much time at the chippy as a kid. Now. Yes. Ready? Yeah. How many? How many? Yeah. How many, 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 many? Yeah. How many? Mm-hmm. How many? Weeping dead ghosts out of five. Are you giving this chapter? I, uh, it was all right, this chapter. Um, It was all right. It's all right. I like the idea about we get a bit more information about the school being founded. I like that I felt sorry for Filch, because I do like Filch, even though he's an horrible man. Mm. I liked feeling sorry for him. Um, But, you know, it didn't excite me, this chapter. It just felt like a bit of a filler moving forward. A bit of investigation, shades of the research done for Nicholas Flamel in book mm. one. You know, in the library, finding things out, the restricted section and all that. It was a bit of all right. But we're setting up things to come. We've got the idea of the polyjuice potion. We've got the idea of the Chamber of Secrets. Book title alert, book title alert. Mm. We've heard about the Chamber of Secrets. But I'm going to give this a very middling three weeping ghosts out of five. Three weeping ghosts out of five. Now, for me, I started reading this chapter, mm. and this is a bit of a, you know, a lazy river chapter, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. You're in a little uh, rubber ring, and you're moseying on round this lazy <laughs> river. Yeah. You're taking it in. you got some detail. I'm relaxed. I'm intrigued. Mm. You learn more about the teachers. Hey, that Snape's got a soft side for Harry. He likes winding him up. Yeah. You know, the fun. You know, you learn more about Dumbledore. Mm. Learn more about the kids, how fickle they are. You get a feeling of what it's like at Hogwarts. I like this chapter, and I'm going to give it Two mm. moaning dead children out of five. Oh, <laughs> very, very good. Right. Are you ready for the most popular segment of the Part Vision podcast? <gasps> quiz. Quiz, 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 Gonna ask you some questions. How well will you do? Quiz, 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 Gonna ask you about Harry Potter, Lucas. How well will you do? Hello, Yorkies. This week, you won last week. I did win last week. Yeah, it was the Rye Smile, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. What What's up for grabs this week? A uh, a double eyebrow raise. Oh, <laughs> that is exciting. A double, all right. A double eyebrow raise. Question one. Yes. What was Professor Bin's lecture on? Oh, the International Warlock Convention of 1289. Correct, sir. You have won the quiz. What? Why was there only what? One question. <laughs> one question, because I thought that was going to be so hard you wouldn't get it. And here's your prize. There were three. There were three. It was a triple eyebrow raise. One was the hesitation. Oh my goodness. Not only was there one question, there was an extra eyebrow raise. I feel like it's me birthday. Now it's time for everybody's favourite segment. It's Hedwig's Droppings. We're not alluding to owl poo. We're not alluding to ploppings. We mean the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's Droppings. 
Hey, I was doing it remotely this week. Yeah, that's why uh, I didn't join in because I thought there would be a delay in the singing if I joined in. Oh, yeah, it would absolutely be horrendous, wouldn't it? It'd be awful. All right, now, first up, we've had a lovely message on Facebook from Vicky C. Sarkovich. I hope we've uh, pronounced that right, Vicky. But she says, shout out from Tucson, Arizona in the States. Tucson, Arizona. Hey. Hey, Vicky, you're so fine, you're so fine. You're my man, hey, Vicky. Hey, Vicky. She says, I am a huge Harry Potter fan and I'm so happy you are doing this podcast. You are absolutely hysterical, she says. She says, I listen while I'm out doing yard work, so I'm sure my neighbours think I'm crazy because I laugh so hard that I, she says, I'm laughing all by myself. She says she's on episode 19 and she really hopes you keep going through all the books. Thanks for brightening up my days. Tell you what, you've brightened up our day, Vicky, with that lovely, lovely, lovely to hear. Was that directed to me or you, that message? You, I think. Ah, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> that was the vibe I was getting. Now then, now as this episode released, it's Easter Monday and we've had some lovely Easter-based questions sent over. Now, Pig Heart Boy, now some people might not recognise who that is, that's an alias. Uh, but the true name is friend of the show, Lewis Shaw. <laughs> and he's asks, what's the best egg in Harry Potter? Now, I'm assuming he means a literal egg. Mm. And the first one that came to my mind is the singing egg underwater in Goblet of Fire. You know, the one with the clue about the mermaid people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting in the bath with Moaning Myrtle. Get underwater. Oh, yeah. Bit of that. It's got to either be that. I'm trying to think what other eggs are there. There's Norbert's egg. Is that other, yeah, there's the other dragon egg. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he has to steal a dragon egg, doesn't he? Is that the one? I don't know. There's eggs in the first film where Mrs. uh, Dursley is... (gasps) Oh, yeah, in the American version, the bonus clip. And and let us pop out of the eggs in the American film. Wow. But, yeah, I think, for me, it's got to be an egg that screams out of water... And sings in water, much like myself. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the bath, I'm screaming. In the bath, I'm singing. You know as well as I do, Tom. Once you get me in that lovely bubbly bath, I'm singing like a canary. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for the question, Pickheart Boy. Oh yeah, thank you very much, friend of the show, Lewis Shaw. Now, we've also had a question from Laura Brooks-Smith, mm-hmm. and she says, if characters in Harry Potter were Easter eggs, what would they be and why? That is mental, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that question, Laura. <laughs> if they were Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> now, the first one that came to my mind, right, was uh, Professor McGonagall. Go and on. for me, she is a cream egg. Me on the outside, she's hard and cold, but on the inside, she's actually quite warm and gooey. I think Professor think? McGonagall is the egg that you get. Have you read this when you're a little kid? Someone <laughs> says, do you want an Easter egg? And you go, yeah. And then someone hands you a hard-boiled egg painted Easter colours. You're like, why would I want an actual egg? Give me <laughs> chocolate. Give me chocolate all day long. But yeah, yeah, McGonagall's a hard-boiled egg in my books. Yeah. Snape is one of those rotten, what they call it, fermented eggs that you have to eat no, for a celebrity. No, I disagree, I disagree. I think Snape is matchsticks. 
is an Easter egg that comes with matchsticks. Yeah. Professor Flitwick, Dobby, Rip Hook are all mini eggs. You think, I think that goes without saying? I think that's rude. I'd say Professor Flitwick is a Toblerone egg. Does Toblerone make an egg? <laughs> they must do. I love the idea of a pyramid-shaped egg coming out of a chicken. It's funny, I poo-pooed this question at the beginning, but I've become very good at telling you what egg is who. Yeah, you you know, you actually called Laura Mental at the beginning, but I think now we've delved in to the question, it's actually a very good question. Give me another character, I'll tell you what egg they are. All right, what about um, Ron? Ron, okay, Ron. Well, it's got to be chocolate orange, hasn't it? Yeah, chocolate orange. A Dumbledore, what, uh, Dumbledore's Dumbledore? quality street egg. Yeah, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> All them um, colours. Yeah, it's got to be on it. And finally, what about Uncle Vernon? Uncle Vernon. Ooh. Ooh. Turkish delight. Turkish delight. Lovely. <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much, Laura. Now, finally, we've had a trio of questions from Ginge Pixel, all, for some reason, related to Matilda. Go on, Ginge. <laughs> all right. Number one, this is just a yes or no question. I just want a yes or no answer from you, Tom. Is Miss Trunchbull Hagrid's long-lost sister? Yes. <laughs> Good. Another one-word answer, please. Who would win out of Matilda and Voldemort? Oh... Matilda. No. Yeah, I think so. Because Voldemort can only move one thing around at a time, whereas mm. Matilda can fly about 100 things around the room. And I think it would freak Voldemort out, you know, ooh, 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 yeah. little pretty one, with like cereal flying around. Yeah, Voldemort, you set that snake on me. I'm going to flick this newt at you from this jug of water. <laughs> I'm going to get everybody from Hogwarts, staff and students to throw their packed lunch at you <laughs> until you are thrown out of this school. <laughs> Would you like that? You'd be like, I broke That's where Harry went wrong. You've only thrown, like, you know, a, a frub and a, and a bag of Watsits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Voldemort. He'd have been gone in year two, <clears> I reckon. <laughs> and finally... He asks, if Matilda was at Hogwarts, would she be more highly revered than Hermione? Definitely. Oh, my God. Matilda is reading Moby Dick uh, in the second grade. Moby what? Moby Dick. Uh, (laughs) So she's definitely like Hermione, you know, I don't know. Yeah. She's studious, isn't she? But she hasn't read the whole library, the local library. She's known Matilda. Excellent question, Ginge. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody who's asked a question on this lovely Easter weekend for Hedwig's Droppings. Pottervision. This has been the Pottervision podcast once again. Thank you so much for listening. Please support us. We're on Facebook, Twitter. We've got a website. We're on Instagram. Just search for Pottervision. You will find us. And also, if you want to access bonus episodes, goodies, keyrings, all sorts of stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash pottervision and support our humble show. This week was chapter 26, The Writing on the Wall. Episode 26, The Writing on the Wall. Next week, it's episode 27. It's chapter 10 of the second book, 
the rogue bludger. Mm. Goodbye, everybody. I've been Tom Lawrenson. I've been Lucas Kirkby. This has been the Potter Vision Podcast. That's it. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Potter Vision Podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. You can contact us through our website, pottervision.com. And if you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash pottervision.